Welcome to The Cooldown, a Bailiwick Express podcast where we meet the people making the sports headlines. Hello, I'm Nick Mann, and in this bonus episode, I've been talking to sailor Andrew Bridgman to find out more about an exhilarating Wasp World Championships and his plans for the future. All right, Andrew, thank, thanks for coming into the uh, Express office today for this podcast. Always, always good to see you. And, and we spoke um, just before you head, headed out to Australia, so it's great, great for you to come back in and, and recap how it all went. Um, I just want, like, could you just open up with a bit about the, the preparations? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, sort of two weeks before the event, I was down in Australia getting the boat ready, um, just getting used to the conditions, um, getting used to the wind patterns down there. Um, a lot of time tinkering with the boat on shore. And then before that, um, spent a bit of time with some of the other British team sailors down in Weymouth with the national sailing team. And that's kind of where all the British guys are based. Uh, training with them before I went out to Australia. Um, and then did a bit of, yeah, a bit of a few, a, a small warm up regatta in the UK. Then in Australia, there was two kind of week, two, two day warm up regattas before the actual thing kicked off. Um, so it's kind of just all, all guns blazing, really, just trying to focus on, get race ready, try and stay as fit as possible and get as much sailing in as I could. And just give us an impression of um, sort of what the atmosphere was, was like out there just before the races. Yeah, and the atmosphere is great on shore. I mean, there's so many people from all over the world there who have come down, you know, been training really hard. And there's quite a lot of professional sailors and then some younger guys who are probably going to get onto the Olympics and America's Cup and things racing there as well. Um, you know, people who sail other boats come and race the Wasp because it's such an incredible boat to race. Um, so, you know, the standard of, of sailor is really high um, and the atmosphere on the shore is really good. You know, it's focused, but there's also, you know, it's a lot of fun as well because everyone ultimately, you know, no one's getting paid to, to do the racing. Um, it is ultimately a, an amateur regatta. So, you know, there's really good camaraderie and atmosphere on the shore. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit like if you imagine F1, you've got the driver and the engineer. I'm both the the engineer and the driver for the boat. So as soon as I come ashore, there's always a good, sometimes, sometimes there's quite a few hours of boat work that needs to be done as well to kind of tune it up, test it out the next day. And then you come in, you need to fix and tune things up again as well. And and in, in terms of the racing, um, can you just like, just how the opening days went? Um, so yeah, the racing. So the first day we were held ashore, uh, light winds um, until six o'clock at night at which point the wind filled in um, from a unusual easterly direction. So we were sailing on Port Phillip Bay at Sorrento uh, Sailing Club, which is in the south. So you can see Melbourne in the distance on a clear day. Um, and usually the wind comes from the south over the land to get quite flat water. But um, we had a sort of light easterly wind, so it's quite light, but also quite windy. So a lot of people are finding it tricky to get down wind in the waves. Um, so we had two races on the first day when the wind filled in. Um, and you sort of realised, you know, how good the standard was and um, sort of get, getting, getting, you know, the proper world championships. Um, I think I actually stuffed up my first tack in the first race. Um, I finished like 25th or something in that race. And then the next race, I think I finished 11th or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, so then the next day, day two, we had thunderstorms. Um, so no racing, it's not sensible to sail a boat in thunderstorms. And, uh, we did, we did have literally lightning bolts, you know, which looked about 500 meters away. You could just see them. Um, and it was pretty, it was pretty crazy just for, for sort of most of the day, really. Um, so no racing that day. So the, what they tried to do, 
on the third day was make up for lost races. And so they scheduled six races on the third day, which is quite a lot. And we had really big, windy, wavy conditions, um, which, which made for some really intense hard racing. Um, I got second in the first race of the day. So I was going fast. Uh, the next race, uh, the next three races in those conditions didn't quite go to plan. Um, in all of them, I was sort of in a really good position at one point. Um, one race I was winning by 300 meters uh, halfway through. And unfortunately, there's just a big wave set, which I capsized in. I think I finished like 11th in that race. Um, but, the, you know, the guy who won the regatta was the guy in second, 300 meters behind me. And he capsized in the same place as me in that race, which made me feel slightly better. Um, but yeah, it could have gone slightly better. And I, I, I wouldn't have been, it, it could have been, you know, three top, three or four top threes on that day. But, you know, it didn't quite, you know, I was happy to get one good race at least. And you, I could see how quick I was and how many, how, how my speed was. Um, one of the races I uh, made quite a rookie mistake when I was coming third at the, at the second last mark. Um, and then ended up getting stuck in, you know, it's big, huge, big 25 knots, two, two meter waves, you know, really windy, hard conditions. And did uh, basically pulled one of the ropes at the wrong times before attack, which meant that the tack, I had a sort of nosedive in and then my control system fell off. Um, and then I had to sort of fix that in the middle of the race while trying not to drift into the mark and <laughs> swimming the boat away from the mark. And then, so that one, that one again, which an almost good race didn't quite go to plan. Then, so after that, we were sent in a bit of a break. Everyone was sort of dazed from the incredibly difficult conditions that the racing was in. Um, the wind did die down a bit in the afternoon. So we had two light wind races. Um, light wind's very different to heavy wind racing. Light wind, it's just about, you have to be so focused on what's going on outside, looking for the winds, looking for the, where there's not wind, looking at the angles of different boats to figure out the shift, where, which way the wind's shifting. Um, cause a lot of bits about the wind shifts one way that can make you get to the mark quicker, but shifts the other way. It makes you get to the mark slower, depending on where you are. Um, so you've got to focus so hard. Um, so that was pretty tricky. Um, I was actually surprised how well I did. One of them was really good. The other one was looking good. And then, you know, it's a world championship. The standard is really high. So it's quite easy to make one small mistake. And then you drop all the way back and 30 boats sort of sail around you as you're stuck in a small hole, not kind of going very fast at all. Um, and then, yeah, so that was the, so that was that sort of eight races done. Um, and then the last day we got two races in sort of what are called classic, classic Sorrento, um, uh, Sorrento is the name of the sailing club, so classic Melbourne conditions, just beautiful, southerly, kind of what we've been hoping for the whole week. But um, it was uh, it was it was kind of classic conditions, which meant by the end of the day we had a full range of conditions over the whole week, which was really good. And uh, Sam Street from New Zealand won the regatta, I think, with a race to spare. Hattie Rogers, the other British sailor, she won the women's uh, world championship, which is really good. Um, uh, and I had two good races on the last day and finished 12th overall, which was actually a pretty good result, um, given how easy it is to, to drop back. And I think, yeah, 24 places higher than I came last time. So I'm pretty pleased with that. I mean, it's always good, good to see progress. And what, what lessons do you, you take from that? Um, I think the lessons that I take are mostly about what I need to work on more than anything else. Um, you know, I think it's pretty good, um, seeing how all my training's paid off in terms of boat speeds. Um, you know, in, in, when it's medium to windy conditions, I'm pretty fast out there. Um, definitely need a bit more work in the light stuff. Um, but a lot of that is just, you know, get, trying to do some practice regattas in different range of conditions. 
Um, and also, you have to do a bit of reading as well because there's, uh, there's, there's strategy and tactics and just sort of thinking through situations and spending a bit of time just to kind of study my races and think about, you know, what could I have done differently in those, those situations? Um, how can I approach the race differently? When, when I made a decision to tap to go one direction off a race course, was that the right time to tap or how was I positioning myself relative to the other boats? How much risk was I taking and leverage was I taking to, and you know, risk and reward. Um, you might decide that it looks really good over there. So you go flying over there. Everyone else has gone the other way and you realize, oh no, there's a reason everyone went that way. And so you don't necessarily want to put too much spread in, but again, you need to spread from the fleet uh, to try and, to try and uh, gain as well. So, you know, it's pretty intense racing because um, it is such a fast boat. You know, these boats are going three times quicker than a typical boat of the same size. Um, the race, the way they did, you know, they're really hard and physical and tense to sail. So they normally try and do um, 20 minute, 30 minute races where in the Island Games, for example, and in the Olympics, the races normally last about an hour. So what they try and do is a few more races um, and then have the races a bit shorter, which means that the races are just super intense and then yeah, it's really, it really drains you, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And where do you go next? Yeah, so um, Ty's Private Markets, who sponsored me down in Australia, and they've been great with some really, really good sponsorship. Um, to, you know, I wouldn't be able to go down to Australia without their help, so I've got to thank them. And they have kindly offered to sponsor me for next season. So my plan is to go to Norway, um, and, and with their help, hopefully I'll be able to try and go even, even better for the World Championships in Norway. And is there any ambitions uh, beyond next year as well? Um, so I think they've scheduled in the next World Championships for the next year in the UK and actually in Weymouth, which will be really cool in 2025. Um, so, but I've not really had any other than seeing that that's the proven date and location. Um, and obviously the Island Games is another big event, um, which will be in... Uh, apologies if I get this wrong I think it's in Orkney in uh, the next the next the next sitting and that in two years time as well and very very different challenges as well with diff the different craft that you use between the games and and the foiling as well yeah um, you know there's so many different disciplines of sailing uh, which makes it quite an interesting sport but you know ultimately the in terms of how, how you make a boat go fast a lot of it's about tuning your sail which is quite quite the same between the, what, <laughs> yeah. what, 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 whatever boat you're sailing which is quite good. So there's a lot of transferable skills as well as race strategy and tactics. Um, but um, yeah, and then the laser is a very different boat to, the, to what I've been sailing out in Australia. Uh, very, it's probably one of the slowest boats, um, which makes it uh, really sort of tactical and interesting from that perspective. Um, that's not to say in windy condition, it doesn't go quick. It does, it can actually go quite quick in, in certain conditions, but, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a it's a very different beast, and and one of I guess one of the things to look at with with the variety of boats and with what you're doing is, and we, we're living on an island here. For anyone looking to take up the sport, what what would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say to them, you know, the two places really to to go sailing um, are the Guernsey Yacht Club and the Guernsey Sailing Trust. Um, you know, it's not actually that hard to pick up an old an old boat for a couple hundred quid. And just go 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 out sailing, um, and um, they have there's loads of courses at the Guernsey Sailing Trust, and the Guernsey Yacht Club run lots of programs too, um, like beginning racing and um, 
you know, over the summer is sort of the best time to get started. But there's stuff all year, if you don't mind putting on a kind of thick wetsuit and getting a little bit cold. And, and just, I guess, just summing up your love of sailing and what it is, um, I think we've we spoken a bit before about how, how you get to travel and the places you get to see. And so I guess this feeds, feeds back into that with your experiences out in Australia. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I was down in Melbourne, so luckily, you know, spent a few days there before I flew back. Um, and yeah, it's beautiful scenery. It's a great place. People are lovely. So it's really, it's really great opportunity to, you know, privilege to be able to go and, and do these events and, and travel as well. That was the cool down. Thanks again for listening. Please like and subscribe for more. You can find all our sports news on gsy.bailiwickexpress.com and on all our social channels. Sign up to our daily email to keep up to date on all the work the Express team does.